Course in the Chaos. I am Blake, and as you can see on your lovely screen here on episode two, we have Jack and Grayson with us. Hey, we're covering the subject of common struggles in the Christian life. We started off episode one with uh, scripture intake, Bible reading, things like that. Why is that so difficult sometimes? Uh, really, everything that we're going to talk about in the next uh, 30-some episodes is going to be foundationally found in scripture. And so it's so important uh, that as you are seeking to grow in godliness and all those things that sound uh, that scripture is your firm foundation. Uh, everything we're going to talk about with prayer is going to kick back to what do we find in scripture? How do we define prayer? What is it? What is it? What isn't it? All of those different kinds of things. So should be good. Boys, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. How about I'm you? Good. Yeah. Doing good. Doing good. good. Excited to get into this uh, into this subject. Uh, you, last episode, we talked about some different uh, surveys and things that really showed kind of a, a, a dismal look at scripture intake for uh, folks that uh, profess to be Christians. If we look at surveys and uh, experience in our own lives, uh, I think we can probably attest to the fact that large numbers of professing Christians spend very little time in any kind of uh, sustained, uh, directed prayer. Uh, even though we know if we took a poll in our churches and asked, you know, is, is prayer a vital aspect of the Christian life? Everyone would say yes. Uh, and yet it's such an, an abused uh, area uh, of, of mm. the Christian walk so often. Uh, not always, but, but oftentimes it is. So uh, that being said, we've got a little game for you tonight. Uh, that Jack came up with. There may be, a, who knows, there may be a prize. Uh, I don't know. You can, uh, if you know the answer to this question, you can uh, impress your friends with it. Uh, but Jack, take, a, <laughs> take, away that, uh, take away that question. That, that buildup is really inadequate for this game. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> in fact, this is, this is a pretty lame game. But um, here's a quote. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the quote, and then I'm going to give you multiple choice, and you're going to guess who said it. Okay? The quote is, to start the day without prayer is to suggest the devil is feeble, God is irrelevant, and we can handle things on our own. Was that Mr. Timothy Keller, Mr. Kevin DeYoung, or the late R.C. Sproul? Hmm. Uh, actually, we might get a copyright thing if we. <laughs> You've got too long. Yeah, I think right you've now. got what, like <laughs> five, seven seconds or so. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Something. So was it Tim Keller? Was it Tim Kevin Keller. Young? Or was yep. it R.C. Sproul? Yes. Do you and know I'll the answer? Do you know the answer, uh, Grayson? I don't know. It doesn't sound like Tim I Keller think... though. I'm gonna. There's I'm gonna not enough city in that quote. <laughs> I, to start I mean, the day you have to work city. one in yeah <laughs> to start the day without prayer is without to suggest yeah. the city is too oh, big. i thought you're gonna read the action no i'm sorry <laughs> i'll do that i'll do oh, that okay question. to start the day go, go, without go, go. prayer <laughs> is to suggest the devil is feeble god is irrelevant and we can handle things on our own yeah. So if I had to guess, I'm gonna I, go with, I'd say I'm going to say Sproul. 
And I'm going to go with our with our white whale, Kevin DeYoung. <laughs> if people ask us, they say, hey, of course, in the cast, <laughs> if you're dreaming really big, who who's your white whale? Who, who's the one you want to interview? And it always comes back as one answer. Kevin DeYoung. Kevin DeYoung. Yeah. And that is Kevin DeYoung is who said that. That is that is the answer. Yes. Yep. Plus 10 Presbyterian points for me. Yep. Well done. Well done. All right. It's slowly fading from your Baptist roots. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a test. And frankly, I'm embarrassed. Uh, that you, you failed the answer to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I guess moving on from the worst game show in course in the chaos podcast history. Um, was yeah, it was, fun, <laughs> it was a nice little game. It's the worst. Yeah. That was the first. I mean, we got to start with a pretty bleak note there. Yeah, it, it was yeah. both the worst and the best, actually. <laughs> okay, so let's shift into prayer. So common struggles of the Christian life, prayer. Like mm -hmm. that was a very good introduction. Um, but I want to ask you, I think most people know what prayer is, but maybe we could quickly just define it and maybe start with the inverse and think about what prayer isn't. So we'll, you know, we're going to define, yeah. start by saying, well, let's, let's, let's talk about what prayer is, but first by stating it in the negative, what, what is prayer not? What prayer is not prayer is not informing God of things that he doesn't know because he's omniscient. He knows everything past, present and future. And so it's not like we're revealing some new information to God when we're praying. Yeah. Uh, secondly, it's not twisting God's arm uh, into doing something that he is reluctant to do. Um, it's not changing God's mind uh, on anything. And uh, one of the things that we had, we've actually had quite an extensive off air <laughs> conversation about uh, uh, was uh, the fact that, and I think a lot of people um, in, 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 you know, Western Christianity in particular, they, they've kind of chiseled prayer down to this one thing where mm -hmm. it's just asking for stuff, but prayer is not just asking for things. Um, you had a couple of, uh, quotes, a couple of very Presbyterian quotes, Jack. So I'll let you read those <laughs> off. I thought eight, I got one by A.W. Pink. I thought he was a Baptist. Oh, maybe I was looking at the catechism no idea. Oh. <laughs> right. isn't pink a baptist or was a baptist let's know. ask google yeah i'm pretty All sure right. he's so while you're reading those quotes while you're reading those quotes uh grayson's gonna yeah bring in our fourth host uh, the google yeah. for theologian google uh so here, anyway here's a quote by aw pink that i like prayer is not designed for the furnishing of god with the knowledge of what we need but it is designed as a confession to him of our sense of need. I like yeah, that. I like that. Yeah. And then uh, the West Westminster shorter cat shorter catechism, me, me and the good Presbyterian. Uh, what is prayer? Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God for things agreeable to his will in the name of Christ with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. Yeah. Yeah, those those Westminster divines, they were they knew sharp too. Yeah. yeah. They were yeah. they were sharp, sharp yeah. guys. So Grayson, what did you find out about Mr. Pink? It does seem Pink was a Baptist. I was pretty sure he was a Baptist, so, yeah. There you go. Jack gets some uh, church history points yeah. there. There you go. Plus ten Baptist points. But, 
The tables are turning way. all over the place today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, one of the first books I read on covenant theology, I've got it on the shelf back here behind me somewhere. It was, it was a book by A.W. Pink called, I think, Divine Covenants. Mm. And it was the first book I ever read as a relatively new Christian that gave me a really good framework for understanding how covenants work. And I didn't know he was a Baptist forever. I assumed he was a Presbyterian for a really long time. Oh, gotcha. clearly I didn't read the book well enough, but right. <laughs> Cause the I, song. Came, <laughs> I came yeah. away with it as a Presbyterian framework, but it was a good book. I remember I yeah. enjoyed the book and just understanding the basics of what a covenant is and how it works. Yeah. A.W. Pink, uh, the sovereignty of God is what pushed me over the edge. On, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's a, a classic. I mean, really in an IFB classic. Bible college, I had a copy mm. of it hidden away in my mattress, like contraband, you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> not really, not really that, but no, it did. It, it, uh, it rocked my world, uh, for sure. I, it was things I had never heard. Yeah. Pink's an interesting guy. Cause I, someone could email us and tell me I'm wrong, but I think I've read things that said, that he also like refused to belong to a local church or something yeah. like that. And he had a really bad home life too. Yep. Yeah. There's weird nuances with yeah. him. So I, I, yeah. I, it's a mixed bag with that. He's guy, also but, yeah. not particularly helpful on some things where he just, um, he sets up a strong man, like big, big time against what would be commonly called dispensationalism today. And yeah. what he does is represent like one corner of it, like your John Hagee style dispensational guy. And so when you get to much of the reform community who is red pink, um, that's the view they approach it from. But unfortunately, it's just not encompassing all of what dispensational thought would be on it. But so on some stuff, he's he's very narrowly focused and I, th I don't think always helpful. Mm. But on other things like he's phenomenal on the sovereignty of God. Um, yeah. On his importance of the local church, though. I mean, I wouldn't look to him on that <laughs> yeah, one either. That's pretty weak. Yeah, he really needs. Should listen to season one. Chaos means yeah. is what he needed. <laughs> he need, this he is exactly it. Listen to yeah, season the, one. The weekly right. reminder. Um, I think right. I read somewhere his <laughs> wife, after he died, like one of the first things she did was go to the local church that was right on the same island they lived on. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Wow. I can't. You know, it'd be fun. I'm I saying this remember, out was loud. It him? Was it him or was it Tozer that was? Uh, also really, really reclusive too. He was very I think it reclusive. Might have been pink. Pink I think was reclusive. Was, yeah. yeah. He'd, he'd get letters from a lot of different people and some of these people would want to come visit with him and discuss theology. But towards the end of his life, yeah. I mean, probably even the last two decades or three decades, he was turning people away all the time to where hmm. they just didn't see people. So right. he became a bit of a shut in. Wow. Well, that's all bonus content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, free what does bonus that have to content. do yeah, with right. prayer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm struggling with prayer, and you guys are talking about pink over here. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let, let's uh, let's keep going. Let's keep moving through the outline. So, uh, so what is – so, Grayson, what is prayer then? Help us understand – or I guess we kind of touched on it, but anything else you want to say about what prayer is? Yeah, I, I think – Prayer at the base level of it is a reflection of God's own character and God's own word back to him in that sense, where we are looking at who our God has revealed himself to be in scripture and his will, his desires, all those things that he's revealed to us. And we're merely coming back to God with what he's already said is true and good and right and submitting ourselves 
under the authority of our sovereign king, who is not only the one able to meet our needs, but um, meets them with liberality. He exceeds often even what we ask for, or he gives us better gifts than we think we even need at that time. Uh, in all things, it's showing an utter dependence on, on who God is as we are creatures and he is the creator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well said. Well said. All right. Let's, uh, do I have to pray though, Jack? Really? Well, isn't that just super Christian work? (laughs) Super Christian work. (laughs) Yeah. It's the, uh, the work of the prayer prayer warriors. Can I be like a, I don't know, a prayer. What's the opposite of a, a prayer sluggard? Is that a position <laughs> in the kingdom? I don't know. <laughs> no, prayer is expected. It is. Right? Expected. I mean, that's, yeah, yes. yeah, that's the other yep. thing. Yeah. Is, uh, so along, like along with, you know, scripture or like Bible intake and things like that, that we talked about last time. And a lot of these other things we're talking about is they're not really like optional features in the Christian life. I mean, these aren't add-ons. Uh, they are a key component mm-hmm. of it. And, you know, and obviously prayer is expected. Uh, the Lord instructs us on prayer uh, in Matthew 6, uh, the Lord's Prayer, which every time I say the Lord's Prayer, somebody always says, well, actually, it's more like the disciples' prayer. Have you guys heard that? Yeah, they <laughs> no. got a like point, the, though. I, I know. It's like, look, we've been <laughs> calling a, it the they Lord's have a Prayer point. For, like, for like 2,000 years, and now some guy wants to change it. Yeah, I know they have a point, but I don't. I don't want to change. All right. Yeah, Blake's like I'm going to look at the titles, and, and those titles right, are inspired. Right. Darn it! Right, and there's the and there's the malady of Western Christianity right there. Like yeah. you just made an argument for tradition. <laughs> right. I know. I know. Are you turning Pappas now too? Imagine that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Plus ten Pappas points. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So the Lord instructs us in prayer, but then also, of course, Christ lays down the like the example uh, of prayer. Also, uh, we're commanded in Scripture uh, to continue steadfastly in prayer, Colossians four two, uh, to be about praying continually, First Thessalonians five seventeen, um, to continue steadfast in prayer. What does that look like? Like, what does it look like to be devoted to something? Well, it's like with anything, right? Um, if if you're if you're devoted to a sports team, if you're devoted to a cause, if you're devoted to something, whatever it is, you prioritize it. Like, yeah. if you know where you spend your, we talked about this last week with uh, or last podcast rather with scripture reading. If if it matters to you, if it's really important to you, you find mm-hmm. time to do it, whatever right. that thing may be, right? Right. And I'd say the same is true with, with prayer. You, you, you prioritize it, you sacrifice for it and you will give time to it. Right. Um, right. Whatever that may be. Right. So if we're to continue steadfastly in prayer, if we're going to be devoted to something, if we're to pray, um, pray without ceasing, as Paul says, right. I think we, yeah, we, we prioritize sacrifice, sacrifice and devote and give time to it. Right. Yeah. And I, Legitimately, I'm not remembering who said it. I put it in the notes, but then I didn't put who actually wrote it. So bonus if you can uh, find where this this quote is from. Um, But uh, this quote that prayer is both a divine summons in that it's an obligation. It's the king saying, come here. 
Okay. Mm. And you don't have the option of ignoring it, but it's also a Royal invitation where, so it's an opportunity. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a blessing to actually get to pray, uh, and, and have a, uh, an audience with the King. And so you kind of have that nice dual, uh, side yeah. of the command of prayer that it's, uh, both an obligation, but it's also an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to look at it that way. Yeah, yep. that's a great, that is a really good quote. I don't know that I've ever heard that, but I heard that before, but I like that prayer well, is both the divine summons and a Royal invitation. It's really good. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Who was talking about it a long time ago? I may have been in a book I read or a sermon I listened to, but he was talking about just the sovereignty of God and that um, as the king, as the sovereign one, right, he has the very ability to end your life. That's just well within his power and dominion. I mean, that's the reality of it, right? And so as you come before the summons of the king, you would bow your head. And the reason for it was that in the exposing of your neck, you would show that humility, that submission, that willingness in essence to play or put your life before the king. And the king could take your head or he could lift your head. And the point that he was drawing with all this is that in Christ, God is always the one who then lifts our head as the sovereign one. So we're mm. we're coming before him with that humility and submission and recognition that he can easily take our life at any point, but he is right. always our gentle, loving father. And that's the disposition I think we often forget as we come before God in prayer is that we see him often as the finger wagging God, right? Or the one who's always displeased with us. But uh, the scriptures show over and again that God has just sheer delight in hearing the prayers of his children. And that. Mm. I, and Blake, you put this on the outline, but even in Hebrews four sixteen, where he tells us, let us then draw or let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. Um, mm. The very idea of that is that not only has Christ granted us direct access to the father, that means at all times in any place you're at, you have immediate access to the throne room of grace, but that in that God is literally poised in order to grant you mercy and grace and help in your time of need. And so that right, shows yeah, the very right. disposition of a father who just cares for his children. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Like it's not cosmic hide and seek, right? Yeah. That like, it's not God trying to, you know, stay away from you or hide <laughs> from you or anything. It's like, it's almost like, Oh, no, here comes he Blake again. In, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, turns the open <laughs> sign off, you know? <laughs> close the blinds. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's an invitation. So like you have this invitation and then like, there's even like an expectancy, I guess, if you could phrase it this way, maybe somebody would quibble with this. Uh, but you know, there's this expectancy on, on God's part where he actually wants to hear from you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, incredible. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think, think back to what's well, an incredible, it's an incredible thing that we, that we struggle so much with this because, yeah. You know, it, we, we, we are, as you put, we're invited to come into the throne room of the God of the universe. Mm-hmm. And you think about, you know, I think about old Testament set up with the Holy of Holies and this mm-hmm. curtain and the restrictions and everything on it. That curtain has been torn. Like the wall is broken down. We are indwelt with the Holy spirit. We have Christ intercedes for us constantly. Like all of these, every, any potential, imaginable barrier between us coming to God has been ripped to shreds. Right. Mm-hmm, and right. we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Right. 
So it's not that. The, it. So our struggle is not that there's not access. Yeah, no, yeah. that's our, right. Our, yep. right. Right. It, it is. It is as wide open as as it could be due to the right. work and person of Jesus Christ, and yeah, and yet we struggle. I, I gave this. Hard. It's called a labor of prayer. Like we struggle. It's I, it's universally a hard thing for uh, for for Christians. I say universally for many many Christians. It is a very hard thing to consistently do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I gave the illustration in a sermon I just preached on Sunday. Um, the reality of what kind of access we have before our Heavenly Father is, uh, I mean, my daughter came into our room at 4 a.m. the other day, and I was irritated, right? I'm like, you just woke us up out of a very nice sleep. But she came because she knows that despite mom and dad's sin, despite mom and dad's you know temptation towards frustration in that moment that she has access, right? She can come before her mm -hmm. earthly mother and father, whom she knows she loves and that we love her. Um, and she can just tell us, look, I'm afraid. And we can deal with it in that moment. But what I did was say, if that's the case on earth with your child in the midst of you being sinful and just ridden with right. all sorts of different realities, how yeah. much more so your heavenly father in whom there is yeah. no shadow of turning or changing of his affections towards you if you are in Christ. It's like there is that mm. ever constant, ever present reality where God won't be frustrated with you. He's not going to yeah. be short tempered towards you. He's not going to be slumbering or sleeping and you, all of a sudden you wake him up. Um, yeah. He is literally the sovereign one at all times. And at no point are you and I going to be disrupting him. I, yeah. I think we often think about that. He has like the that. power to, yeah. And furthermore, he has the power to do something about it. You know, yeah. Yep. Unlike us, you know, oftentimes like us earthly parents, you know, kids coming in at four a.m. My stomach hurts. Well, I don't. Sorry, I kid. Can't take some rollades and <laughs> right, go back to right. bed. <laughs> yeah, take, take some take some tums and get out of here. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Uh, you know, but but when we're but when we're praying to God, like, so you actually are bringing your request before someone who has the power to actually change your circumstance or whatever, uh, who knows the right outcome. Uh, and so he knows perfectly whether to tell you no, or to tell you yes, or to tell you, you know, wait till later, things like yeah. that, Yep. you know? So, um, but anyway, the struggle though, I think that that is a nice seg segue into talking about why do, so we know all these facts, we know it's commanded, we know that it's good, uh, and that we should be doing it. Uh, we know that God is ready to hear, uh, and, and ready to, to act on behalf of his children. But so why do we still struggle with it? Yeah. Well, the uh, big one, I, you know, as we no, alluded ahead, to Jack. earlier, we, oh, well, sorry. We talked about continuing steadfastly. Th those are things when we, when we're committed to something that we really care about, we prioritize sacrifice and give time to it. And I think mm -hmm. the number one reason we struggle to pray is just straight lack of discipline. We just don't make time for it. We don't, we don't make it a priority. I think that's the, it's not that it's hard. It's that we're lazy. Yeah. I, th I think prayer can be hard. It, it can, be. can be hard, but that's not the number one reason. Like if this were family feud and you got to like hit the button and <laughs> what's the number one, we asked polled hundred people and yeah. you know, the, if they were honest, the answer would be number one would be lack of discipline. Yeah. yeah, that'll likely not come up in every single episode we do on on these disciplines. At least the disciplines, yes. right? Yeah. It's like right, yeah. right. Um, you know, the first the word itself begs the question, 
you know, what's your struggle with the spiritual disciplines? Oh, a lack of discipline. <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right. The next one, though, I think is that um, we can just simply doubt that God will do something about it, right? We we doubt that God can make it happen, and we wouldn't dare say that. Um, or we just doubt that God will meet our need in the way that we actually need it. Um, you yeah, know, right. perhaps he That's... can meet it in a very different way, and he has the full right to do so. But what we end up doing is that <clears throat> in the midst of even physical needs and spiritual needs, um, we kind of get into that despair mode where we think there's no hope here. There's, yeah. you know, God's not going right. to be able to change my heart or change this person's heart. And we become skeptics rather than faithful believers on that. Yeah, I, th I think there's a problem, uh, kind of a, a thread of a problem in Western Christianity um, where we ha we don't really understand that God says no to prayer. Mm -hmm. We think that we pray for something what? and nothing happens. Like I, I what's, what's this example? I, I remember talking and may, maybe you told me this. I can't remember, but we maybe, maybe you can relate to this. Someone out there has done this. When you're a kid, you're like, <clears throat> God, if you're real, please turn on my light to my bedroom you're clean in bed or like, you know, you, you do these, these oh, little yeah. trivial things, right? Whatever right, it is, right. please, yeah. you know, um, and nothing happens. And we're like, well, that was a waste, you know, but, but what we don't, what we don't realize is God, if you are in Christ, right. God answers every single prayer. Yeah. He and then a legitimate every, answer is no. Yeah. yeah. Answer right, is no. Right, yep. right, right. And if it's no, <laughs> that's for your good. Yeah. Right. Right. It doesn't so, mean and I think a lot of people good. miss that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people miss that. Why would you want so if you're if you're praying for something and God says no, that is a blessing because you, why yes. would you want something that's contrary to you know God's will? And even yeah. even when it's painful, I mean obviously sometimes when God says no, it's that, you know, thorn in the flesh. It's yeah. the, you know, curing you of cancer, it's, you know, it's heavy things. And so we're not trying to trivialize the no, uh, but uh, we can say with confidence that God works together all things for good. Yep. Uh, you know, for those that are yeah. in Christ. So yeah, yeah. Even you that... guys know that song. Hang on. Do you know that song? I wish I could play it, but we'd get in trouble. Is this the song we talked about before the? No, no, oh. not that one. This this one is not written by an apostate. <laughs> um... <laughs> so if you'd like to stuff. find out what song we're talking about, please become a monthly subscriber. After no, that. there's a what what. What you say? I was going to do the uh, the Chris Farley thing where he's like, after hours. <laughs> right. It's a bonus content, right? <laughs> no, there, there's a song that came out about 10 years ago by Laura Story called Blessings. Do you guys know this song? I've heard it. It's fantastic. I know loosely of it. Um, the general gist of it, though, is that... Um, Sometimes the blessings that God has in store for us are just through the trials and hardships that come our way. Yes. And the dark days, yes. rather than us thinking that blessings are automatically always sunshine and butterflies, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, the, and the point being that these dark times and these trials and these things that we go through, where we ask God to please stop this, please stop this. And he says no. And they continue. Mm. In that trial, we are being drawn near to Christ. Right. And there's this, I'll read the last, last little verse in this. And if you've never heard the song, go listen to it. Laura's story, Blessings. It's fantastic. But she says, 
What if my greatest disappointments or the aching of this life is the revealing of a greater thirst this world can't satisfy? And what if the trials of this life, the rain, the storms, the hardest nights are your mercies in disguise? And it's a great song, really, really good song. But, but that's the point. Like sometimes God says no. And if he's saying no, there's blessing in that. Right. There I mean, is, it's not a cause for doubt. It's not a cause. Yeah, it's not for, a cause well, for doubt. You know, well, God's obviously, I didn't get the pony for Christmas. So obviously God's not answering my prayer, yeah. you know, or <laughs> well, whatever. I, so, I always put it in light. I think of myself and adults in general this way. So don't take offense at it, but I look at it in light of just being children, right? God calls us his children. And so in one sense, I make a one-to-one comparison with that where it's like, there is no way I would grant every single request of my child because yeah, my right. child, frankly, right. just asks for some really stupid stuff and I love them right. to they death. Don't always know, you don't know. Yeah, they don't know what's best. Yeah. Yeah. And in the same way, I know that there have been plenty of prayers that I've made, especially younger in my faith, where I'm like, oh, man. that was pretty bad, younger oh, race. Man. And don't don't do that. I hope. Yeah, I hope in heaven there's like Friday night cringe theater where we get to just go in and watch. Like, what was I praying for when I was 17? Hey, do you remember that yeah. time you flipped quarters and said heads or tails to this? Yeah, totally. And yet you mocked the, almond, uh, the laugh the track. Oh, actually, speaking of the laugh track. Jack, it didn't come through on episode one. It, yeah, I know. I oh, so there's just this after the awkward fact. pause then where there's, yes. well, there's we, us we making fun it, of the laugh track was, and yeah. there's just silence. That's, oh, yeah, we reference it. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually right. golden. I, I no one said wrong. it was high production. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we are a ragtag Friday theater. night cringe theater. Yeah. yeah. This will be um, on that list. The lack, the lack of... <laughs> <laughs> Like the intermission. Yeah. So why do we struggle to pray? Lack of discipline, (laughs) doubting anything will actually happen. Uh, Also a lacking of a sense of the nearness of God. I mean, how many times have maybe have you felt this or heard others say, well, I just don't feel, I just don't, I don't feel it. Like I don't feel like God's listening or I don't feel like it's going to do anything. The problem is, is that our emotions, um, our emotions are fickle things and they're not Mm. always right and so I, your emotion i, I would go actually... as far like i was going as far to say our emotions are more wrong than they are right due to the fall i'd even go further and um, say your emotions have nothing to do with it in terms of prayer i mean th- i would go even further and say kill your emotions <laughs> no, 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 right. just keep going i'm gonna just keep i'm gonna going. escalate this well, even that more. escalated quickly yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, so your but your emotions need to be informed by truth. Yep. What would be yes. my point? Your your emotions don't create truth. Now, if that's a lesson for our world today. Ooh, uh, that's good. Say that hey, but, say that again. As a true yeah. as a, I don't even as know a what I pastor. Sometimes I just start talking and it just well, comes whatever out. you said. Yeah, Sly dog, good. you Let's caught me monologuing. That's That was good. I really am syndrome. Yeah. You sly dog, you caught me mulling. No, uh, but the uh, but your emotions can actually erode your desire to pray. Yeah. Therefore, you can't just pray when you when you feel like it. You have to have your emotions informed by the truth of Scripture, which again yep. takes us back to the importance of being in God's Word, having a healthy appetite of the intake of Scripture, yep. um, or healthy diet rather of an intake of Scripture. 
is going to help inform your prayers, even when you don't necessarily feel like it. I think when you read through the Psalms, um, and Grace, you'd probably agree with this because you're you're going through Psalms as well uh, in your preaching. But I mean, you don't always look at David uh, or any of the psalmists and say like, this is a guy who really probably feels like praying right now. Um, it's not yeah. like he's operating just out of his emotions. He's obviously operating out of truth. And then the emotions are being led along by what he knows to be true. Yep. Yeah. I think it's Psalm yeah, 41 and okay. 42 or 42 and 43. I can't remember, but they, they dovetail off of one another. And it's a it's a priest, literally a priest that's separated from the temple of God, and he's mm -hmm. held captive by people. Uh, he's been kidnapped, and so um, his whole literal purpose for living has been just t robbed from him and taken from him. And yet, in the midst of that, he's rebuking himself and reminding himself. He's like, "Why is my soul downcast within me?" Uh, so I can imagine the last thing that he wants to do at this moment as he's got enemies surrounding him, he's describing this, you know, waterfall yeah. as just like pummeling down into the depths of his soul and crushing him to the dust. It's right. like all this stuff is coming out. His emotions are literally haywire. And at the end of it, he's still reminding himself of what's true and reorienting his mind around who God is and what right. God has revealed in his word. And that's the right. same thing right. we ought to be doing, I think. The more you don't want to pray, the more you don't really want to do anything that's actually a good and godly thing to do. I just say, do it and lean um, into it. Yeah, lean into it and yeah. and ask God that He would just simply give you the emotions that come alongside with that faithful obedience. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. True. Um, another reason that we struggle to pray is because, and I think this is, uh, in some areas more than others, probably in our, in our time and space that we live in, uh, is that we have very little awareness of our real need, uh, because we are so, we perceive ourselves to be so self-sufficient. Yeah. Um, and so I've experienced this personally, and maybe you guys have too. When you feel the need, you pray more, you pray more intently, you pray more focusedly, uh, when you don't feel the need, um, prayer comes maybe a little, a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. I think if I were to be honest, this is probably the easiest one I can fall into is mm -hmm. just, and that's just much of how I've navigated life is you just pick yourself up by the bootstraps and go. And so right. that, that pride of self-sufficiency is just a huge right. thing that I have to battle against right. constantly. And prayer is one of the ways that it here. can show up. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And yet Christ says, apart from me, you can do, you can do nothing, nothing, nothing. You know, it's like, do yep. we really believe that? You know, like, is that, is that a, do we really believe daily? Like, Lord, I literally can do nothing without you. No, I mean, I, I don't that's think not we my do first thought when I get up. Yeah. Uh, even though yeah. the reality of it is, is there um, self-sufficiency and pride rob us of a proper understanding of dependency. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, you know, the, uh, Jesus is give us this day, our daily bread. It's like in Western society, we just don't have a concept. <laughs> right. Of yeah. Like, yeah. When was the last we talking, time we were talking about you've that had offer. to ask for yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Right. Which is, yeah. Um, a whole nother, yeah. A whole nother aspect of just that, the, the need 
of the yes. need thing, you know. Yep. It wasn't then, the said um, it, the prayer is give us our daily bread, not our daily cake. I can't remember. It was like praying for something. It was a reference of praying for like the, the necessities of life, not the, uh, not the, uh, um, Marie Antoinette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the third or fourth time this episode already. We've quoted someone and we're like, we don't know who said who, this. Yeah. Uh, well, we're it's just kind of it'll be a scavenger <laughs> hunt for the listeners. You can Google it. See if you, you know, you know, yeah. My pastor has always said this, and I sympathize with him a great deal, where he's like, the author of Hebrews is just like, somewhere it's written, and he just quotes the Old Testament without telling you yeah, right. where it came from. And I'm like, I like that right. guy. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. You mean Paul? No. Yeah. That's a rabbit trail. Um, I do remember H.B. Charles saying that you only have to say so-and-so says – you know, this thing, and you only have to quote them twice before you can start saying, as I always say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this pastor says, I bid a lot. What yeah, do you right. mean by that? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, um, and sometimes, uh, sometimes our, our, our lack of, or our struggle with prayer can come through a lack of instruction as well. So like, there's a lot of erroneous understanding of prayer. You know, if you're in the charismatic movement or you've come out of those things, or even just, uh, if you, if you've been in a place that, uh, you weren't brought up in, you know, like what is prayer, what isn't prayer, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. I mean, again, you may just be in that slot of thinking, well, it's just a, it's just a list of, it's a, it's a grocery list. It's a thing, just a list of things, uh, that I need, but prayer is actually so much more than that. Yeah. Uh, and we see that in the Psalms. We see it uh, in the prophets. We see in in the Lord's prayer or the disciples prayer. Um, we see it in, I think, in the song of Mary. Um, you see all these different facets of, of like adoration and praise. Um, there's confession in prayer. Mm -hmm. That's right, folks. We're going through the acts structure of prayer, adoration, <laughs> confession, thanksgiving, of course, and supplication. I mean, that's a healthy, that, that's a healthy, uh, prayer life. I think yeah. if you, yep. if you're, if you're hitting all of those. Yeah. I used yeah, to think good. that the uh, mnemonic devices were a little silly until I actually just started using it because I, I found I'm like, oh, here I am thinking it's silly and yet my prayer life sucks. Yeah. Go figure. Um, <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. So I'm making I, then up my I, own mnemonic device. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to call it TAPS instead. <laughs> but I started doing yeah. it. TAPS and is then, one, is, isn't it, right? It is, yeah. yep. Or Specs yep. is one. Specs, yeah, there's yeah. also I Everybody's think coming is, up uh, with their own. But Jack is one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the super premium cream content. That's super premium content. Yeah. We'll give you the J. It's uh, the prayer of Jabez. Right? That's what you're talking Jeff. about? <laughs> Lord, expand my territory. Give me wealth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, not a good biblical prayer, by the way. No. That's... So, next question. Then. Like that desk. Oh, yeah, never mind. Off the Grab cuff of that, that, I mean, that's a perfect segue, right? <laughs> Why aren't my prayers being answered? Uh, you don't have enough faith, and you haven't given a large enough donation to your favorite TV preacher. You have not sowed oh. the seed. Don't sow the seed. You don't get the prayer answered. 
They yeah. don't read. They can't release an angel from heaven until you give forty five ninety five. And until that, I happens, saw. Yeah, so years and years ago, when I was a kid, I was still living at home. Some charismatic uh, Christian channel. Uh, there was a guy, and I remember this like this really stands out in my mind, saying, "If you gave this certain amount of money, they're having a callathon thing." I'm like, you think this is fake? Like, like, oh, this is just this just exists in a meme. This isn't like real life. Uh, but this guy really was saying, if you give this amount of money, and it was it was linked to some verse, so it was like, you know, forty five dollars, and you know. 28 cents or something if you release you know or if you send this uh and when they do that it's funny that they never do it with you know small you know this is the genesis 116 blessing send a dollar and 16 cents and you get it's always on the it's always on the higher yeah. end you know this is the uh, psalm, psalm 119 yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> no but he was saying but he was saying if you send this money then we will release an angel of blessing from heaven to visit your family for one year. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and I thought, year? man, a this full isn't year? like, yeah, that's a full a... year. It was a pretty good deal. It yeah. Was pretty I mean, that's not bad. That's, that's a if solid... it was a couple days here and there, I'd be like, eh. <laughs> right. but a, a year. Right. right. Can I get the angel for a long I can get weekend, behind that. Or is that... <laughs> yeah. Right. No, it was Can I get it down in May Lago? Yeah, it's like, right. if I go to if I go to Key West, will the angel show up there too? Right, right. Do I what have to pay on... for his travel for the angel? You know, so yeah. I mean, that's can the, he fly yeah. alongside whole... Creflo's jet or? <laughs> right. <laughs> the so next twenty minutes is just mercilessly mocking. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Your prayers aren't being answered, maybe for a couple of reasons. Okay. We gotta get serious, guys. We're, out, we're almost out of time. I don't yeah. even know what, what time. What time are we at? I don't even know. Uh, about forty-two minutes. Oh, we've got lots of time. We could yeah, at least add Creflo another five Jr. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> we got another five minutes of ripping on Creflo Dollar. Easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why aren't your prayers being answered? So one reason could be uh, just an impatience and a lack of perseverance in prayer. I mean, it is a reality. I think that. When you are are praying for something and then you kind of just give up on it, like there's your answer in in your prayer that maybe that thing wasn't as important as as you thought, and maybe that God's teaching you, you know, some longevity in prayer and things like that. And so mm -hmm. maybe you're just not uh, uh, patient enough. Um, again, for something that you are really. Uh, really, really care about. I mean, I think about, you know, praying for like the salvation of like your children, right? Which is yeah. probably the thing that I pray for the most, you know, daily, multiple times a day. Um, that's something that's close to my heart. And so there's a, uh, there's a um, steadfastness in that prayer that may not be in other things, you know, uh, and so it could be that impatience, lack of perseverance in prayer is one of the reasons your prayer isn't being answered. Uh, the other is the passage that uh, Jack quoted earlier uh, of selfish motives. You don't receive because you ask amiss hmm. to consume it on your own, you know, uh, your, your own lusts and your yep. own pleasures, your own, you know, selfishness. I mean, all of these. So I mean, so there's lots of things that, you know, God would tell you no because you're asking for something that would be detrimental uh, to you. 
as a believer. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we don't think about that very often. Because we always think, well, I just what I need is more money. You know, I just need more money or I need yeah. more, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, like whatever the thing is. Right. Um, or, I mean, really, it, that's not the answer. Yeah, I was going to say, think of it in light of what we talked about earlier with just the reality of trials, right? Um, right. How quickly do we pray to escape the trial rather than to endure through it and to be able to grow in godliness right. and humility right. and sanctification and every other aspect of, you know, what's literally declared right. good by scripture. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. both of those prayers are good prayers. Yep. It is yep. good yep. to pray, Lord, get me out of this. And it is good to pray, Lord, teach me what you're trying to teach me in this as well. Yeah. When Peter's sinking in the water, yeah. his first thought isn't, <laughs> Lord, teach me something. Yeah. I'm going to no, endure through you know, this drowning. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Lord, help. <laughs> get me out of this. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, your prayers may not be answered because of unrepentant sin in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, what's really amazing is the scripture says that your prayers can be hindered by, mm -hmm. um, things that you do wrong, you know, particularly yep. that, that husbands slash fathers can have their prayers hindered by, you know, mistreating their, treating their family. Yeah. Um, maybe the, the assumption behind that is that you don't want your prayer cinder too, right? I mean, Peter is looking at that as right. a, a surefire motivation to get you to live with your wife in an un understanding manner. Um, right. That's, that's one I always just keep in mind for myself where um, perhaps I'm not living and or loving my wife as I ought to, or simply treating her as a weaker vessel, um, mm. honoring her, clothing her with dignity, washing her by the word, all those different aspects of what I'm supposed to do as a husband, right? But I also yeah. give that as counsel for many husbands where they're like, I, I, I don't think I've had a prayer answered for 10 years. And it's like, how's your relationship mm -hmm. with your wife? Um, and at, it's not a in-your-face type of thing. It's you know, perhaps there's just that blind spot there. Well, yeah. I mean, we it's all like have it. goes over the desk at him. Right. Hey, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like we, we have those blind <laughs> spots where all of a sudden, yeah. yeah, that thing that, you know, you feel that your wife has been nagging you on for six months is, uh, I just want to sit down and talk with you, sweetheart. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, there also could be, uh, an unwillingness. So, you know, is, is the Lord's not giving me an answer. It may be an unwillingness to accept the answer that he has given you. Okay. Um, and maybe he's going to answer in a way that doesn't see, that isn't obvious, but that goes back to that yes and no kind of thing. I mean, we just need to be willing to accept, well, what is, what is the Lord clearly said about this thing. I, I think a, a ridiculous, like a ridiculous um, example of this would be uh, you're in Bible college and there's this girl that you really like. So you're praying, Lord, let her be the one I want to marry her. But she likes some other guy and they are in bliss and they go a courting and they get married. And guess what? The Lord has answered your prayer. <laughs> he has said no, <laughs> right? <laughs> he has said no. And you just have to, you just have to accept it. So Bible college student, I'm sorry. It's 
she's she's gone, man. Just move on. He's like, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> what if her husband dies? All right. Um, moving on to the next. Uh, it could also be uh, that your prayers are being hindered uh, because, again, you're asking for things that are outside of the will of God and don't glorify him. Yeah. Yep. This was kind of a hang up for me, like as I was learning, like early on, that it felt like praying your will be done was just a, uh, like a cop out. Like, well, God's, if God's just going to do whatever he wants to do anyway, then why do I need to pray? How would you like, answer why, that? Why do you need to, why do you, why do I need to say not your will or not my will, your will? Father, no, like, or just or, or, or even yeah, the why bother? Just type. The, you're right. Like why I think, bother? Like I think it was think Michael it was. Horton, or maybe yeah. I, mean, I think it was Michael Horton who who made a comment where he, people ask that question: if God's sovereign and He's going to answer prayers according to how He wants to answer them, and you can't affect Him in that, then why pray? And he just said, if God is sovereign over all things, why would you not pray? Right. Again, he's ultimately <laughs> right. the one that's yeah. in control over yeah. everything. Right. And he knows what is right. good for you. He knows what his will is. Um, yeah. Why would you not pray? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think to, to Blake's, to Blake's question, if I'm following the question, um, Christ prayed that, you know, right. and, and it's, it's, it is such a, an act of submission Right. Like I right. think it is, it is demonstrated submission. I'm asking for all yep. these things. Yeah. Um, you know, you have <clears throat> Jacob who argues with God, there's fighting with God, there's pleading with God. Mm-hmm. There's just this intense, sometimes struggles with God and through prayer. And at the end of it, he is God and we are not. And right. Lord, do these things, do these things, please do right. these things, do these right. things, but not my will father yours. Right. If that's it, amen. And yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I the think Lord it gives, adds, the yeah. Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Right. And yep. it brings you into like the relational aspect of prayer too, yeah. right? That it's not just the result of the prayer. Like it's not just that the prayer is answered in the, in the affirmative, but rather what you're actually, an aspect of it is what you're actually being taught in that whole process. Yes. The pro- that, know. that's a good point. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know that we specifically put that in the, in the outline, but, um, but that's a good point worth making is a lot of times the value of prayer is found in the process and not the result. Right. Yeah. Not all the time, but, but right. sometimes it's that, Oh yeah, that, no, definitely. It is, it is that wrestling with God through hard things definitely, and, and dealing and being pressed into God through trials and this process of refinement that we, that we commune with God in the Valley. Like right. the process is, is the blessing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. Not necessarily the outcome. So. By it, you learn to have a deeper trust of your father. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, that's a perfect segue. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the trust of the father, because we have this, you guys just did a really cool thing. You both at the same time, like cleared your throat with the same exact movement and like off camera and then back on camera. <laughs> Jack is the okay. b- bizarro version. If you're of just me listening, if you're just listening and you're not watching, <laughs> you need to watch that because that was like, uh, that was, uh, so, so what you do is you go to our YouTube channel. 
Yeah. We'll put a link in the show notes. You should yes. go and subscribe because that's yeah. very important. And yeah. then you need to fast forward to about 50, 49, 51 minutes. And then right. you can see whatever. <laughs> we'll timestamp it. it. Was so you can just click. And it was yeah, synchronized <laughs> podcasting. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was like they had worked on it. That's you see how much cool. we care for all of our listeners and now the watchers is we don't even put this as bonus content. That's premium <laughs> bonus content. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Free premium. Um, well, let's think about examples of praying. Um, so again, to the listener out there and, and to kind of summarize, we've been talking about common struggle, common struggles of the Christian life. And this, this common struggle that we have is believers and followers in Christ to pray mm-hmm. and pray consistently. But we have a wonderful example. Like this is the if you're in Christ, example. what's that? The best example. The best example we do. Yeah. Uh, if you're in Christ and this is, I, I hope it bothers you. Like when, when you have dry seasons in prayer oh, or you're yeah. not consistent, like if you're listening, I'll tell I'll say this much. If you're 52 minutes into this, I would hope you're interested in improving your prayer life. Um, yeah. So let's, let's look at our example because we have, as, as Blake said, the best example in Jesus, in Jesus's prayer life. So things that we can take away and apply in our lives that Jesus gave us and demonstrated before us. Um, Jesus often prayed privately, mm-hmm. right? Um, we, there's a well, number of, what's that? Just, just the fact that Jesus prayed. Yeah. Ju- yeah. There you go. I mean, that right there is astounding. God like, prayed. If, if there was anybody who maybe we would look at and say, well, he doesn't need to pray. Uh, yet you have Jesus praying, like yeah. taking time to commune with the father. I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then we're, and then we're like, think that we can make it through our day <laughs> without, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's asinine. <laughs> it's when you it think is. about it, it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, Jesus prayed privately. He sought solitude time throughout a number of times in Scripture. You'd see him leave the crowds and go by himself and pray. But he also prayed with others. And this is, uh, and these examples are both instructive and practical. Um, you know, our hearts catch flame near others' praying hearts when we're praying together. There's a mm-hmm. just a sense of encouragement and unity yeah. that comes of being community with other believers. It's yeah. quite a beautiful thing. Um, Where two yeah, or three like, are gathered, right? There you go. Some discipline is happening. Um, You're, You're going to get me going on a rant now. Every time I hear that, I think of, I think it was Nathaniel Jolly, um, just a pastor. He put like a dot, dot, dot after somebody's comment of that one time. Someone's getting disciplined. <laughs> someone's getting disciplined. <laughs> um. Yeah. And, and just, yeah, as Blake said, that point that Jesus prayed, just the fact that he yeah. did it is an incredible right. example. Yeah. So yeah. Um, he prayed before important steps in his life. Uh, for example, selecting the, who would follow him and be the, the, of uh, the apostles. Yeah. Uh, when life got really busy, uh, he did that. Yeah. Uh, obviously with temptation, you see that in Gethsemane. Yeah. Uh, I think some, some famous to, prayers. To pause yeah. on that, to pause yeah. on that point. I mean, how often do we excuse ourselves from any spiritual discipline? Cause we don't have time or like, we don't have the thought space for it. And yet Christ in that example in Luke five, 15 through 16, but now even more, the report about him went abroad and the great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed mm-hmm. of their infirmities. I mean, 
he's getting swarmed by people. And this is like important work, obviously. Yep. I mean, to heal people and to do all these things. But then the rest of the verse says, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Yeah. So like when you look at Jesus's priorities, prayer is like at the top of the list. Yeah. yeah. Now, where it's, does it's, prayer fall on our list of priorities? Do I, I think have to answer that publicly? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Rhetorical. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. I think it's fascinating though when you when you reflect on that reality of how I mean Christ's incarnation was literally born out of the reality that he came to this earth to live and die and to save sinners, right? And to be raised again. Um and yet in the midst of that, it was his purpose that he would go and pray and commune with the Father. And Mm -hmm. he took those intentional times to do that kind of thing. I think of also yeah, like right. Martin Luther, I think it was that said of this, where he's like, my day is so busy that I, fr- I spend the first three hours of my day in prayer. Um, yeah. And the reality of what he's getting at is that without that time, I'm not saying go and pray for three hours in the morning, because frankly, I just don't think I would do that. <laughs> and so I can't look at anybody else and say, hey, go do this thing I, I won't do. Yeah. Um, but the But if you're more godly than grace and go for it. I'll admit it. You're more godly than I am. If you do that, um, you get, you know, fully admit that, uh, the, the sentiment behind it though, is that, uh, that utter dependency on God, um, that utter yeah. other, uh, yeah. now I'm saying utter cause you tripped me up. Thanks. It's my Wisconsin roots showing that utter dependency. Utter. <laughs> utter dependency. Let's see if you could milk that for something else and you see what I did. There. Was that a pun? It was yeah. nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, I'm off. <laughs> now it's completely off trails. Yeah, no. Christ. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Before, pray during temptation. So, like, before temptation. So, I think this is a key factor here. And I know we're, like, out of time. But you have the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Yeah. Christ is getting ready to, you know, be captured. The cross is, like, just around the corner. He tells the disciples watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Why does he say that? You know, like I was like, if you if you're just reading through it, it's like, that seems kind of like a weird thing to say, you know, right before he then breaks off and goes and prays. Okay. So he comes back. What does he find? Sleeping disciples. Yeah. Z's. Yeah. yeah like they're, they're sleeping. So, you know, he wakes them up, goes and prays. And, and, you know, and so the, the cycle of like, you're supposed to be praying, but you're sleeping and Jesus's warning is watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. So once everything goes down, the guards come in. Okay. And they're getting ready to capture Jesus. You can see in their responses of Jesus and the disciples who has been praying and who hasn't been praying. Yeah. Right. Because Jesus goes into this whole thing with this spiritual, uh, uh, boldness in the garden while everybody else is like the instant reaction is the carnal reaction. It's draw the sword, whack off Malchus's ear. It's flee, you know, run in all directions and, and, and do all these different things. I think right there, you have this prime example of the importance of sustained prayer in in seasons of temptation, yeah, like are you gonna are you going to react carnally to it or are you going to act 
again, with spiritual boldness, like, like Christ did. I think it's also a wonderful commentary on humanity, right? You have your Lord himself saying, do this. So that way you don't fall into temptation because Satan has a desire to sift you as wheat. And we're like, I got a nap though. Yeah. I'm, Uh, I'm super tired. God. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually, I think I've, I think I've seen before, like their journey that day, like was legitimately long. Like it was a legitimately long walk from where they were moving and it was a busy day and, and all that stuff. But even then, like, it's not ex- like there's not the excuse, like the excuse isn't there. The excuse mm-hmm. isn't available, even when it was a extremely long day leading up to leading up to the garden. Yeah. yeah. So you got all these examples yeah. from Christ. Yeah. And yep. But then the, you know, the climax of examples, not that it's the most important, but the end of examples. Yeah. Jesus, as he died, he's praying. Right. Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. So all that to say. If you've ever argued or thought to yourself, prayer isn't important, prayer doesn't matter. You cannot look at the life of Jesus and really the Bible as a whole, but the the example that we have in our Lord and and even dream that, that prayer is unimportant. Right. Prayer is is, is so important. And Christ demonstrated that (laughs) from the beginning to the end of his life. Right. Right. This isn't just imitate Paul as Paul imitates Christ. This is imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's quickly, let's, let's wrap this up and, um, and offer some, some advice. So if we've, we've talked a lot about prayer, so if you struggle with praying consistently, we've got maybe th- three to four, uh, bullet points here by which we'll just encourage you yeah. and things that you can practically do and take away. So right. number one, first and foremost, we made this point earlier, numero uno, Set aside a time and a place, yep. commit to doing it, block yep. it off, make yeah, it you important. Have to get creative, get creative. Yeah. You may have to put the blanket over your head. <laughs> that, if you don't get that reference, <laughs> please listen to episode <laughs> so one of this season. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, yeah. You may have to the same thing with scripture. You may have to get up early. You may have to go to bed late. You may have to, you know, take some time, uh, look for some, look for little opportunities. That's the other nice thing about prayer yep. is you can do it anytime. Um, you know, yeah, you get, can pray while you're driving. Down. You could be yeah. literally on a walk and thinking of people as you're walking and get into prayer. Um, yeah. That's that's the beauty of it is there's literally no time off limits for it. Right. Yeah. But, right. Absolutely. So you had the the next one come prepared. So yeah. you had a personal, key, I think, illustration for well, this one. Blake, I mean, I think right? just with any, uh, I just think with anything, with anything, um, I am a planner in that. I take stressful vacations that when I go on vacation, I'm the guy that has like everything detailed out, like everything I want to do when we have to get up, when we have to, you know, go places, all of that. But I enter vacations. Um, I'm a big hunter. I enter hunts. I, I like all these things. I enter with a plan of execution. Like I don't just walk into it. Um, and the same thing with, with prayer. And I think it's wise spontaneous prayer has a place. Absolutely. But I think it's wise that if you're looking for like a sustained prayer and to understand, like, what am I praying for? What direction am I moving? Is God answering? Is he not like, what's the intentions of my heart to actually come with, um, some preparedness in, Mm -hmm. into your prayer. Um, 
actually have you know listed out some some reasons to to praise God. If you can't think of any reasons to praise God, let your Bible study inform reasons to praise God. Look at God's character, uh, how yep. He's been toward His people, how He's acting now, all those different kinds of things. Yep. Um, you know, keep short uh, being in the vein of preparation. Keep uh, short accounts with God. Uh, regular confession is key. Don't don't let things build up. Uh, yeah. The Christian lives a life of confession. Yep. Um, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, God doesn't have us in a penalty box like no you can't come to me for 10 days because of what you've done no he's saying come now come now and, and confess yeah um yeah you guys want to take those other ones yeah yeah um um yeah sorry sorry i was thinking about i was thinking ahead about <laughs> yeah, i was thinking about, uh, I was thinking about the next thing to say you kind of caught me off yeah. guard oh sorry. yeah so <laughs> ever-growing list of things to be thankful for uh, obviously be aware of your needs and the needs of others. Yep. Um, I think these are the things that are easy for people to draw onto if you're looking for things to pray about, but physical mm -hmm. needs um, and Jesus dignifies physical needs in the disciples prayer. Give us a stay our daily bread, hunger, yeah. you know, yeah. those are real things, spiritual needs, um, things like salvation, growth, sanctification, direction, discernment, wisdom. These are all wonderful things to pray for and very biblical. Yeah. Um, I added here, if you don't know wh what to do, if this is still a struggle for you, you can always go and pray the Psalms. Mm -hmm. Just open up a Psalm and start praying through it. Within the Psalms, there is a wealth, a treasure of riches uh, by which you can use to guide yeah. your prayer life. There's Psalms of lament, thanksgiving, praise, and even imprecatory. Although I wouldn't lead with those you might win. <laughs> they're in the arsenal. <laughs> they're that's in the arsenal. A, they're in the arsenal. But that's the bazooka that you want to that you want to hold on to. There, yeah. so. hit us with the imprecatory prayers, Grayson. <laughs> Grayson's like he's, he's just wants it. He wants to talk about it. Ooh, no, it, it is very. There is absolutely a place for that. That would be a fun episode to do. Is to specifically the place of imprecatory psalms. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would be actually very helpful for a lot of people. Um, Bonus episode. In in conjunction with what Jack was saying, though, the the I, two books that I thought were just phenomenal um, literally shaped my prayer life for the better yes. and in dramatic ways. One of them was John Whitney's praying the praying the Psalms, praying, right? Yep. Or praying, praying the, the Bible. Yeah, or praying the something Bible. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. If you look up just John Whitney praying the, and it'll literally pop up. Um, yeah. An incredibly short, fantastic. easy read, yeah, and one of the best books book. I've ever read on prayer. Uh, and the other one it's was like 80 pages. Too. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's, super, it's super well, short. and they're, they're small pages too. I mean, it's like, right. I mean, <laughs> right. maybe yeah, that's five true. inches that's, big yeah. and it's true. It is a little <clears throat> yep. Book. Uh, wonderful, wonderful book though. And I mean, buy a copy for yourself and anybody, you know, and you would bless them richly with it. Another one is yeah. DA Carson's book on prayer. I think it's prayers, of the new Testament or prayers of Paul. And that one's um, a little bit, longer and a little bit bigger but again another solid book both of them um encourage you to use scripture to pray yeah. so that's the that's the secret sauce if you will and is being yeah. able to look at god's word and pray god's own word back to him that's uh what i found in my mind i'm like i i want to be good about praying and i want to be good at praying 
Um, but as Don Whitney said, I kept on praying the same old things about the same old things. And then I grew yeah. discouraged about it. Um, right. Once I started to pick up the word and use that in my prayers, um, yeah. it was literally revitalizing. Yeah. yeah. It was like, I, yeah, cause uh, bring, yeah. Bring the scripture. I, I, that, that Whitney book. Yeah, absolutely. I can't recommend it. It's so enough. good. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, it also helps if you have a, if you have a problem with a wandering mind in praying too, praying through scripture, which isn't just like, it's not just like repeating the Lord's prayer. And Whitney kind of unfolds that without time to go the whole thing, but it's really like prompting, you know, there's, there's prompting in the passages that you're reading. And it's amazing how it just throws a lasso around your wandering mind yeah. and holds it captive during this session of prayer. It's really, really beneficial for sure. Yep. Yeah. We yeah. should do a giveaway for that book. We could. Yeah. I'd be happy to. I mean, I give it away to the to person it. that makes the largest donation. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how that works? <laughs> if you sow your seed of faith right now. Jet. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so another, another guide, I'll just throw this out there and then we can, we can begin to wrap up here. Cause we're just, we're a little bit over, but another guide, maybe it's obvious, but the Lord's prayer is a wonderful guide. If you're looking yeah. for how do I begin to pray? You can, Jesus teaches us how to pray. Right. Um, and, and, Packer gave a really good summary of, of, uh, of the seven distinctive activities here. He has a little book called Praying the Lord's Prayer that's quite good. Another little recommendation. But with the Lord's Prayer, we, we see seven distinct activities. Approaching God in adoration and trust. Acknowledging his work and worth in praise and worship. Admitting sin and seeking pardon. Asking that needs be met for ourselves and others. Uh, arguing with God for blessing accepting from God one's own situation as he shaped it and adhering to God in faithfulness through thick and thin. So a very good um, just outline for things to pray or ways to pray. That's what I found helpful. Good. And then uh, the final, final thing here, the best advice, some of the best advice that I think that we, us here at the Chorus and the Chaos can give you to pray is simply just to do it. Yep. Just do it. If you didn't do it today, do it. Yeah. Do it now. And the podcast, the podcast is over. Right. Pray. Right. Yeah. Pray. Yep. Do it tomorrow. Just start doing it. Plan it. Do it. Execute. Commit. Make it part of your routine. And don't be afraid to take things out of your life as they hinder you or distract you from doing it. Yeah. And if you need to write it, that's okay. There's nothing unspiritual about writing out. Yeah a short little prayer so that way you can keep focused and, and just get through it. Right. But the, the biggest thing we're just simply trying to encourage you in is just that um, we know yep. where to pray. We often know why we're to pray and we just don't. So do it. Yeah. Jack, end us with those quotes, man. Those are like precious gems from brothers that have gone on before. So yeah, I, I jotted a couple quotes here that we actually know who said them. Unlike the other things <laughs> right. that we said, the podcast. if you notice, if you notice though, Grayson really came in clutch with like five quotes that he, he knew did. that he, he did. knew the 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 author speaker of. Sometimes I give myself some weasel words though, where I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was this guy, and I might be right. But if I'm not, you just attribute it to Spurgeon, and you're right like sixty percent. Yeah, of the time, well, it's like so. I'm, I'm yes, pretty sure yeah. Spurgeon said this, and everybody's like, oh, okay. What what did the Prince of Preachers say? And no one's going to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> or the great Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this. Yes. Everybody's like, the doctor. go on. 
Yes. Tell me more. Yeah. Um, so three quotes here to end and then we can, we can wrap it up. And so um, learning to pray doesn't offer us a less busy life. It offers us a less busy heart in the midst of outer busyness. And that's from Paul Miller. He has a good book on prayer, the praying life. That's quite good. Um, prayer has a vital place in the life of a Christian. One might pray and not be a Christian, but one cannot be a Christian and not pray. Dr. R.C. Sproul. And then finally, from our, uh, from the one and only John Calvin, our prayer, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> I don't know. There was some weird build up to that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I did that. Our one and only. Our John? Very, our very much. Jean Calvin. Yeah. yeah. So John Calvin said, our prayer must not be self-centered. It must arise not only because we feel our own need as a burden we must lay upon God, but also because we are so bound up in love for our fellow men that we feel their need as acutely as our own. To make intercession, intercession for men is the most powerful and practical way in which we can express our love for them. Man, you know, so good. So good. You know, it's, it drives me crazy because Calvin has this, just this internet reputation of being such a, he burns Servetus at the stake, such a rigid, horrible, systematic, like robot of a human. Yep. And if you've ever read his commentary or the Institutes, he, man, his stuff is so life, like blossoming. I mean, just right. that quote right there. Like you see it so much. There was a man, certainly I'm never met him, but he, there is so much just beauty and kindness and sweetness in right. uh in a lot of what calvin wrote it's such a mis such a such a sad misconception yep right about the way that, that well, he operated so. he was a pastor i mean that's what yeah we we often think of the reformers as just these great theologians and they were and they were great systematization gosh i can't even say that word now um but they were pastors at heart and they would look at the right. people and say how is this going to practically play out in their lives i mean martin luther literally wrote a, a book on prayer for his barber right. yeah. just because the guy said he struggled with prayer and so he said, okay, um, let me help you there. And he acted as a pastor first and foremost. And I think that's what you see in a lot of Calvin is that that pastoral heart just comes burning out yeah. and he can't help it because he's got a burden for not only his Lord, but he has a burden for the people. And he sees that Christ's sheep need to be fed and, that informs his writing. It's like, even where I, I disagree with him theologically, I still see that come through for Calvin easily. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to chatting with him about some things in glory. Hopefully like, he doesn't speak French. Cause I, I don't. Like how he entered into glory French. and became a Baptist. French is the language of heaven, Jack. You didn't know that. I got to study that. I want to get up there and not know anything, not know where to go. That was a really dumb comment. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like, do you but know anyway, how awesome it would be to speak to this foreign missionary who was German? I, I hope he doesn't speak German, though. <laughs> but what if he did? What if In all heaven of heaven glory, spoke German? Well, I, I, I think we have a precedent with the 
<laughs> I'm sorry. With I'm just the, turning to mock you now. That I don't think language will be an issue. No. Way. no. Before someone sends me an email, I don't think that's an issue. <laughs> One star review on the podcast. Yeah. He's, He's saying think. the Tower of Babel is still in effect in heaven. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Um, that, we'll we'll wrap it up here because this is going downhill. But we do hope that <laughs> this has been an encouragement to you, and that uh, if you struggle to pray, um, that you know may, maybe this will will help. Um, we encourage you to to tell others about the podcast. That's you know one of the easiest ways that other people can find out about it. Uh, again, this is if you're listening, just listening to this audio. We are putting video out. We started that this season. You can find that on YouTube. I'll put the link in the, in the show notes. You can click there and follow. Yeah. And, uh, other than that, any, anything else guys, how'd you guys nope. feel about the comments about our appearance on the first video? Someone, I, uh, I think it was, someone said we're not very pretty. I'll take that. I mean, that was kind I'm, of, I'm a man. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, in my world, that's a compliment. So yeah, it's like <laughs> right, right. in today's day and age, if I'm not pretty, I'm okay with that. Cause yeah, pretty would mean that I'm relatively soft. <laughs> I don't think it All means this is that. Have to be no, I know. I'm just. I'm. I'm literally just kidding. <laughs> uh, the other comment was on somebody who's like, I, I can't see Grayson's mouth, and I'm like, okay. Oh yeah. So we'll move. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll move it down because yeah. my full face wasn't showing. I like to. This hide. week's comment: We want to see more of Grayson's mouth. <laughs> what is happening? One star review, not. <laughs> Not, not enough mouth of Sauron. <laughs> <laughs>